When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability show for CPAs, where we're always discovering how to build better clients, a better practice, and a better life. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of the Wealth Ability Network. So, Competition in among for clients is getting tougher and tougher. You have big companies like Intuit, H&R Block that are now competing not just for the 1040 work, but they're also competing for um, the the small business work, which is the heart and soul of our client base. And so today we're going to discover how to convert more of the right prospects. Um, so not just more prospects, we and we all have plenty of clients, but more of the right prospects and learn how to convert them. And we have uh, really an amazing expert in the field, David Kirchin, who has written the book 6X, Convert More Prospects to Customers. And David, it is absolutely delight to have you with us today. Hey, Tom, thank you for having me. Uh, excited to be with you and, and certainly to be able to uh, communicate with your audience as well. Thank you so much. So if you would, David, just um, for those who don't know you, uh, give us a little of your background and how you got into talking about this topic. Yeah, so I uh, spent 35 years in corporate uh, America, uh, either selling or leading sales teams. Uh, a lot of that was spent in the technology space, uh, actually started my career at Bell South. And uh, it was about 11 years ago, uh, or even, even maybe 15, 16 years ago, that I started to realize my superpower in the sales world was really more around coaching, teaching, and consulting, and more specifically, how to communicate value around a product or service. And when I founded Master Messaging 11 years ago, I made the decision to base everything that I teach on behavioral psychology, specifically understanding What's going on in a person's brain when you're communicating around your expertise and how are they processing that information to make a decision as to whether or not they go with you or go in another direction? You know, that, it's, that's uh, really interesting because, um, you know, CPAs, we tend to be very um, cerebral and, uh, and and don't really think, and, and we like to know how the process works, but we're, we, you know, we don't really, most CPAs don't get into the CPA business because we're naturally good at communicating. So I think that topics like this are particularly important for, um, for CPAs and, and other financial professionals. So let's start with a product versus a service. So what's different about selling um, more, other than the obvious, what's the difference between, in your mind, selling a product versus a service and how you go about that? Yeah, you know, uh, you know, obviously a product, it's tangible. It's something that you can put your hands on. It's something that you can touch and feel. Uh, so, you know, from that uh, standpoint, it's not really an abstract uh, thought, uh, whereas a service is a little more abstract. Uh, it's not as well-defined. And that actually places more emphasis on your ability to communicate the value of a service 
versus a product because you're dealing with the perception in the buyer's mind as far as how they're perceiving as opposed to you being able to put a physical object in front of them and go, well, here it is. Look, you can touch it. You can play with it. You can do this. You can't do that with a service. So the biggest difference is it puts more of an uh, emphasis and more value on your ability to communicate value with a prospect or customer. So, so how do you do that? I mean, um, I found over the years, and I've been in the CPA world for over 40 years now, and what I find is, is that um, CPAs tend, our tendency is to um, sell on price because, and it's a race to the bottom, right? Always a race to the bottom um, mm -hmm. because we, it's so hard to differentiate between what, you know, the value we provide versus the value some other CPA provides. So how do you go, I mean, what are some steps you do to go about distinguishing your value and the value that you bring versus the value that somebody else might bring? You, you know, for the um, the industry that you all are in, um, it reminds me of a conversation that I had with a uh, financial advisor. Uh, so I had the opportunity to do work with a number of independent financial advisor advising firms, while not directly, uh, you know, exactly like a CPA, very similar, right? Sure. And so uh, here's what it came down to. Um, it's really an understanding what the individual brings above and beyond the uh, technical capability or your you know, professional capability. So I'll give you a quick example. I'm talking with this one financial advisor and we're trying to figure out, hey, where can you really plant your flag around uniqueness? And, and, he, and he, he landed on this. He goes, you know, when I uh, work with my clients, it's not always about finances. Uh, sometimes it could be about um, uh, maybe real estate or it could be uh, you know, another uh, topic. And there are uh, ways that I have of communicating answers and, and providing guidance in these other areas of my clients' lives. And certainly if it gets into uh, a lot of detail, then I can refer them to somebody that would be you know, better able to serve them. So what he landed on is that, you know, of course, I'm going to be giving them advice on how to invest and, and what to, you know, to do financially, but I'm really taking care of the whole person uh, and not just focusing on their finances. Now, I'm not suggesting that CPAs you know, across the world would, would do that. But it's looking at what is it that your clients really appreciate about you? And that actually may kick off, you know, a nice exercise. Go to your clients and ask them, hey, above and beyond the, you know, again, the CPA work that I, that I do, what are the other things that you appreciate? What are the other areas of value do you get from me? And then you need to build that into your messaging and into your conversation with future prospects so that they can understand that uniqueness. So, yeah. So, so basically what you're saying, uh, uh, what I'm hearing is, is that what makes you unique? Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's not just the services because I mean, services, okay, we, we, we reduce your, you know, we'll help you reduce your taxes. Okay. Well, everybody promises that. Okay. Right. We'll, 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 we'll take care of, we'll make sure you can sleep at night. Well, everybody promises that, but what makes you uh, as a person unique? You, how do you look at the world differently from how the rest, everybody else looks at the world? Is that what you're saying? It is. And it's being very intentional and mindful about what additional value can I bring to this relationship beyond just the core services that I'm providing? What other value can I bring? Uh, and again, as long as you're open-minded about that and, and thinking in those terms, you may be surprised as, as to some of the answers that come out of that question. How, how do you think that um, affects who's attracted to your message? 
when you when you put that out there? Yeah. So what it's going to do is it's going to uh, it's going to call out people that may not appreciate whatever that additional value is. They again, they'll they'll stay away, but it'll attract more of the clients that you've had success in working with because you're being more specific about how you're talking about the value that they'll get in the relationship. Okay, so let's turn um, just for a second, then let's turn from, okay, we've got who we are, our uniqueness, <clears throat> that value that we add. Um, now we have to turn to the the, the prospect themselves. Mm -hmm. so you talk a lot about how um, we shouldn't be talking about ourselves. You know, we've got to let them know what our uniqueness is, what our value is, but really most of the folks should be on the, on the, on the prospect customer and what their needs are. So how do you, how do you make that shift? Yeah, so um, I, it's a difficult shift, and here's why. Uh, again, we've all been conditioned from the time that we started walking around on the planet to see the world from our point of view. That, that causes us to communicate in, in ways that, uh, again, is more about us. So I'm going to show you how to do this, or we have expertise in this area. Um, and one of the simplest uh, techniques that you can use to move away from that is a concept called you phrasing. So instead of saying, I'm going to show you, you could say something like, hey, you're going to see. And it, it sounds like such a, um, a simple shift, but it's really, really difficult to do because we've been hardwired to talk about ourselves. And where this showed up the first time is back in the 80s uh, when direct mail was king and there was no such thing as email. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the founders of direct mail discovered the power of you phrasing, and it actually doubled the response rate. In, in the direct mail campaigns, because they would go from, uh, hey, we just opened up a new gym down the street. We've got Nautilus, we've got free weights, we've got a pool, come check us out. That would be a direct mail uh, right. campaign before you phrasing, as opposed to with you phrasing, it was, hey, what if you could have the body of your dreams in 12 weeks? What if you could do that while hanging out with uh, friends and family from your community? And finally, what if you could accomplish that by having access to the latest uh, uh, equipment? You can come check out our new gym. So by incorporating you phrasing into that uh, direct mail piece, it doubled the response rate. As sales professionals or as professionals in the world that we live in, we need to make that same shift and put the focus on the prospect by using you phrasing. I think that's a really good tip. So how how does how does our brain work in, in such a way that that's so meaningful to us? So wh what is it our brains going through or a customer prospects brains going through as we're having this conversation with them? Yeah. Anytime uh, you're speaking with another human being and you say, uh, you're going to see, or you're going to experience, or what if you could, it causes the amygdala of the person's brain that you're communicating with to signal, Hey, pay attention he's talking about you as opposed to using I or we and the amygdala is like, Oh, he's talking about himself again. Don't have to really pay, pay as, uh, as much attention. And the use of I and we, you know, we, we can be confusing or presumptive. It's like after I had knee surgery in my twenties, uh, the doctor walked into the room and he goes, how are we doing today? And I looked at him. I said, no, there's no, we <laughs> you're walking around and I'm in pain. Now, there's some other things that, that can help in shifting the, the focus from us to them. And that's the way that you construct the conversation. So you should be starting the conversation around uh, challenges and problems that you know that they're experiencing. 
And by doing that, you know, you could say, hey, and, and you know, talking with my, my other clients, uh, some of the things that I'm hearing uh, for you as a business owner, uh, there's challenges around uh, exiting from the business or, again, whatever, whatever things you know that they're experiencing because you've worked with other individuals like them, you need to incorporate that in the front part of the conversation because what that's going to do is it's going to make them feel like you get me. You understand me. You know the things that I'm dealing with, as opposed to starting the conversation with, hey, I'm a brilliant CPA. Here's my history. Here's what I've done. And it's all I, 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 and we, we, we. So be intentional about the way that you construct the conversation and make sure that it's from the point of view of the person that you're communicating with and not so much from your own point of view. So you actually talk in your book about uh, hormones actually being having an impact uh, on sales. So yeah. um, can you can you just share that? Because I, I found that I've not heard somebody say that one before. And what is it that you're talking about there and how do hormones play an effect and how can actually you use that in the sales process? Yeah, so there, uh, there are three major hormones that come into a play uh, in, in a selling conversation. Uh, the first one is cortisol. Now, most people know cortisol uh, from the fight or flight aspect of, uh, of our behavior. And so anytime we experience something that represents a threat or anything that we perceive as being dangerous, it releases cortisol. And the problem with that is that when cortisol gets released into your body, you become very narrow focused, which means the person that you're communicating with is not open to new ideas, new ways of doing things. And cortisol shows up when the person that you're communicating with feels like they're being manipulated or maybe controlled uh, and we've all experienced that from a sales. Well, that's frankly the typical reason why we hate hate salespeople, right? Yeah. Because there, it's a it feels like a threat. Right, right. So obviously, you don't want cortisol present. Now, the other hormone that comes into play is dopamine. So dopamine is a short term feel good hormone. Yeah, that's the buzz. Yeah, and uh, you know, one of the simplest ways that it shows up, we all have a checklist of things that we want to accomplish in a given day. And you remember, Tom, how it feels when you check one of those items off? I've even talked to people that they'll actually write an item down so that they can complete it, uh, you know, because they just did it during the course of the day. That's dopamine making you feel good. So here's where that shows up in a selling conversation. You're talking with a prospect and they go, yes, I want to do business with you. You experience dopamine, but guess what they might be experiencing? They may be experiencing cortisol because of the uncertainty of how this relationship is going to be playing out. So you need to be mindful of the fact that there's still a little bit of risk and still a little bit of fight or flight, even though that they're agree agreeing to move forward. Now, the last hormone that comes into play is oxytocin. And oxytocin is the trust hormone. Oxytocin is released at, at, in the highest uh, degree in a human being when a mother uh, gives, uh, gives birth to uh, a baby. It's what creates that bond between mother and child. And again, oxytocin floods both the baby and the child. So it's a trust hormone. That's the hormone that obviously you want to have come into play in the conversations that you're having with the prospect. Here are different things that you can do to elicit oxytocin. Uh, handshake. Anytime you make a flesh to flesh connection with another human being, there's a tiny amount of oxytocin release. Uh, eye contact, another way to release uh, oxytocin. 
but the biggest way to elicit the release of oxytocin is when another human being feels like you have their best interest at heart. In other words, the conversation is about them. And one of the ways that you can ensure that that plays out in, in the conversations that you're having is answer this question before you ever sit down with a prospect. Here's the question. How is this person that I'm getting ready to have a conversation with going to be better off as a result of doing business with me? Just write the answer down and then make that the focal point of the relationship. Make that the North Star in the relationship. So it could be as something as simple as, um, uh, again, for a sales leader that I might be communicating with, uh, it may be as simple as they can better solve the 80-20 split in their sales organization, which is to say they can have more top performers. That's my focus in the relationship. It's not to consummate a sale. It's not to get uh, commission into my back pocket. It's to help another human being uh, to be better off in their world. And again, as human beings, when we sense that that's our motivation to make somebody else better off, oxytocin is released and you start to develop that trust and rapport that you're looking for. So, so does, um, does the release of oxytocin actually reduce the release of cortisol? I mean, how do these, how do these three hormones interplay with each other when you're having that conversation? Yeah, it, it doesn't so much uh, release the, the, uh, uh, the it doesn't reduce the cortisol. It just precludes the cortisol actually even happening. And it's more about the oxytocin. So, so um, okay, so you, try, you, you establish that trust because you make it about them. Um, you want to give them a dopamine release because you want them to make, feel like, oh, this is about them. They're the hero. Um, right. Anything else to prevent the cortisol release? Because I actually think that's the biggest issue with salespeople is, uh, you know, I, I find in many cases, particularly if you walk into a shop, you can tell right off the bat, am I going <laughs> to, you can almost say, am I going to get dopamine out of this or am I going to get cortisol out of this? And you can tell almost in, almost immediately from the salesperson. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, it, it just needs to be that your focus is on, on them. Um, and, you know, the other thing to start paying attention to is how can I add value to this relationship? I mean, even before they say, yes, I'm going to do business with you, how is it that you can add value? Uh, and for a CPA, you know, it could be maybe uh, sharing uh, the latest uh, research or maybe regulations or rules that have changed that would impact the person that you're having a conversation with, you know, to be able to say something, hey, Tom, before uh, we sat down to have, you know, coffee, I uh, was thinking about your world and some of the things that you may, may be up against. And I read this article recently about how this is playing out for individuals like yourself. And here's some things that you can do to mitigate those challenges. So they start to get a sense of this. This isn't really just a selling conversation. It's a conversation around how this person can help me. And they're demonstrating that early in the, in the in the conversation and the barriers start to come down and they start to, again, uh, experience more oxytocin as a result of that. I, I like that. So um, how do you how do you go about discovering what is important to the client? Because I, I, let me give you an example. So I remember a conversation years and years ago. It was a very important conversation, mm -hmm. um, probably the most important sale outside of my, my wife, um, probably the most important sale I've ever made. And um, I, I think I blew it, honestly, um, because I was, the, you know, the, the person asked me, you know, how could you help me 
you know, from a tax standpoint. And I went through, I said, well, there's some certain things here I think you could be doing. That wasn't important to him. What, what it, when I thought about it afterwards, and I he, fortunately, he still hired me, but mm -hmm. when I thought about it afterwards, what he was really looking for is, um, you know, what is it that you, why, why do you care more about me than somebody else? Right. Because he was looking for somebody who would actually pay attention to him and make sure that he was taken care of. That's mm -hmm. really what he wanted. He, th that was more important than any kind of technical or tax uh, type of opportunity. So how do you go about discovering those things? Yeah. You know, it can be a challenge because let's, let's be honest. There are times when you're talking with a prospect where they're a little guarded and they're not really willing to open up and, and share a lot of information. And so you heard me say earlier in our conversation that you want to start the conversation with a prospect around things that you know that they're experiencing that represents problems or challenges. After you've communicated those, so you could say, hey, I know in working with other business owners like yourself, here's some things that are top of mind. Here are some things that they're, uh, they're, they're trying to accomplish or problems they're trying to solve. And then you look at the person, you go, that's what I'm hearing from other business owners. I'm curious, what does that look like in your world? That's a great open-ended question. And by the way, it leans into more behavioral psychology because we remember things visually, not auditory. In other words, we don't recall memories in a ticker tape of words. So when you go, what does that look like in your world? They're going to validate some of the things you said. Yeah, as a business owner, I'm struggling with this. Yeah, as a business owner, this is going on. Um, and then you can ask some follow-up questions that would help you get to what's really behind that. And it could be questions like, well, what have you tried to solve it? And what's the impact on you or you, you know, your family if you're not able to solve it? Um, now, for the person that asked you the question, hey, you know, you know, these, this, this is the help that I need with my taxes. You know, how would you how would you right. solve that? Here's another thing that you can do. So why why is the answer to that question important for you? Hmm. Don't don't be afraid to ask the question why. Why why is that important to you? And then they'll they'll give you more context and more detail as to why that is. And in that context and detail, you'll be able to hopefully address again some of the secondary things that are really going on in their world. Do you ever ask uh, prospects to give you some of that 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 why ahead of time? So before you ever have the conversation, so for example, in a questionnaire or a, just a, you know, two or three questions, do you, do you ever do that where you say, okay, what are your top three issues? Or here's some issues we found our clients, you know, are, are these your issues or what, what else are your issues? Do you ever ask that ahead of time to get a head start? You know, um, no, I, I it, candidly, I've not done that in, in my career or in, in working with sales professionals. It, so here's, Here's the pros and cons. Um, they could perceive it as, well, so you don't really understand the things that I'm dealing with. I don't. And it's, it's kind of like the question that salespeople used to ask years ago, and hopefully your audience, they're not doing this. Uh, when you show up early in a conversation and go, hey, Tom, what keeps you up awake at night? What are some of the things that are, that are you know, top of mind? When you say that, you go, I don't really understand the types of problems that I'm, I'm going to address in your world. I don't really know about them. And so I'll let you educate me. That's the, that's the only uh, danger in sending out a questionnaire in advance. Now, having said that in your world, I can see how it could work, 
especially, especially if you're asking insightful questions, like, you know, what, what are the top three things that you're hoping to solve in a relationship with, with a right. CPA? And why, why are those things important to you? And what are you not able to do if you can't solve them? And what could you do if you could solve? I mean, so there are some insightful questions that you can ask that if you sent those to me, I might appreciate those and go, oh, these guys are being really proactive. Interesting. So a little bit of risk to it, but yeah. maybe some reward to it as well. It'd certainly yeah. give you a, it'd certainly give you a, a, a basically a way to prepare, right? Yeah. CPAs, we like to be prepared. So um, in the, in the few minutes we've got remaining, can you just give us two or three simple steps that you think um, a, a financial professional, a CPA could take to kind of change the way they're thinking about sales and, and, and kind of increase those conversions? Yeah, I, you know, um, I'm going to reference a book by Dan Pink. Uh, he wrote a book called To Sell as Human. And in the book, they studied uh, all the different professions that would show up in a business, you know, from customer service to sales to accounting to uh, finance to technology. And here's what they found, Tom. 40% of every one of the professions that they looked at inside of a business, 40% of their time was spent trying to communicate an idea or a concept to another human being that they would agree with. It's mm -hmm. called selling. So in professional services, whether it's legal, CPA, financial advisors, it's funny as I've worked with those professions, they hate for me to use the word sales. Right. And I'm like, all right, let's make it problem solving, which is really what you should be doing. You should be approaching a prospect from a point of view of how can I help you solve problems in your world? And if you approach selling from that mindset, uh, it just relieves the, the burden. And, and by, by the way, going back to that question that I posed earlier on, how is this prospect going to be better off as a result of doing business with me? Wouldn't it be a wonderful world that if you had a prospect that said no at the end of the journey, that you actually felt worse because you knew that their problems weren't going to get solved in the way that you could solve them, as opposed to you feeling bad because you didn't get a new client? Got it. That's the right mindset to have. Got it. I love it. So again, the book is 6X, Convert More Prospects to Customers. Um, really appreciate your time, David. This is fantastic. Um, very simple um, information. Really, um, really critical to be thinking it's about the clients. And I love the problem solving because um, what I found is that CPAs love to solve problems. That's one of the reasons we're a CPA. And mm -hmm. if we can go into that a conversation about, okay, you know, how could you go about solving problems without actually giving them the answers? Because one of the problems that we have is we tend to spill the candy in the lobby. Um, we, we, we give them the answer and then they go, oh, that's all I needed. Right. Um, as, a, as opposed to, as opposed to, you know, how can I, you know, how can we have that long-term relationship and serve them? But I, I think that's just uh, so critical. So any final words for us, David? I, no, I, again, I, I, my, uh, my focus is really in changing the perception of the sales profession so that, again, professional services like yourselves don't see that as the used car uh, uh, sales professional. So just make it about the prospect. Just make the conversation about them, their world, and solving their problem, and you'll have wild success as a result. There you go. So um, thank you, David uh, uh, Kirchin. Again, the um, author of 6X, Convert More Prospects to Customers. And your website is mastermessaging.com? 
That's correct. Awesome. Mastermessaging.com. So um, just remember, you know, when we start putting the clients first, putting the prospects first, making it about them, then we're, we literally end up with better clients, better practice and better life. We'll see you all next time. You've been listening to the Wealth Ability for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.